Uh, if you're a regular attender here, uh, you notice something is, is different this morning from what it usually is as far as the way our chairs go. Um, and, and this is actually kind of, you know, a lot of times our chairs are kind of set up based on what was handed to us the night before. You know, so, so we come in, and if there was a wedding reception and there was tables everywhere, a lot of times we just kind of clean it up and leave the tables and we sit at tables. Um, today, though, uh, was really kind of a, a direction from the Lord given to uh, somebody in our leadership team about kind of how to set things up, how to be a church as we enter into worship today. And so that's why it's a, it's a little bit different like this. Um, and so I just wanted to point that out. Um, and then secondly, um, if you've been here the last couple of weeks, uh, you'll kind of understand what I'm talking about. But for those of you that are visitors or new this morning, uh, we've just had this sense as elders, um, myself and Christian, over the last three weeks about God really stirring up things that we've allowed to settle in our lives. Um, and it doesn't necessarily mean like really negative things, like there's this deep, dark, hidden thing that we don't want to bring up, and, and God's been bringing up some of those things, um, but he's also bringing up new ways of uh, living in discipline to him, new ways of um, spending time with him, um, things to get rid of, things to add, a, a whole spectrum of that. And that started maybe three, four weeks ago. Uh, and so probably three weeks ago, uh, Christian and I came as elders before the church and just said, hey, you know, if the Lord's stirring something up, pay attention to that, listen to that. It seems like it's something that he's doing and be willing to step out into that. And um, people did. And we just saw an increase in this response from that first week. And so uh, last week we came and, and I had a whole message planned on unity, which is what's planned for this morning. Um, but that morning, it, we felt like the Lord wanted to address more because it just seemed like such a confirmation. God's doing something. He's stirring things up. Uh, and so last week's message was kind of on that again, um, along with a, a warning out of Hebrews where it's, it talks about God disciplines those that he loves. And in the moment, discipline doesn't feel like fun, <laughs> It's not pleasant, but he does it out of love. And so it was just this um, consideration and offering that if God's stirring something up within you to be faithful, to, to step into that and allow God to work on it because he loves you so much, he's going to work on it anyways. And, and so either you can humbly say, yes, Lord, and, and walk with that, or he's going to uh, pursue you the way that he pursued Jonah uh, and not allow things to, to settle any longer. And so we shared that. Um, and this week got even busier, honestly, from Sunday to Sunday. And, and the number of meetings Christian and I have had, the number of testimonies that we've heard about God doing things. Um, and especially this week, um, I've heard so many testimonies of God doing something miraculous that people couldn't do within their own strength. Um, and, and so I want to share this, and then I'm going to ask... Uh, if there's anybody here that's willing to share part of that testimony. And, and again, if you do so, to be sensitive to really talk about what it is with you um, and, and not necessarily about other people that might be involved, but more specifically what God's doing within you. Um, and if you're willing to share that, and so just to put that seed in for you to think about, pray about whether or not. And only, please, only do this if you feel like the Lord's telling you, I want you to share this this morning. 
Um, Wednesday night, or we can get together and have more of that general sharing and encourage one another. Um, but I feel like there might be a few things to specifically bring out. And, and the reason that I'm doing this um, is because, well, two different reasons. The first one is we still feel like this stirring is really happening. And so, again, want to reinforce that encouragement. If you feel like the Lord's stirring, so, and again, this could be any aspect of your life. It could be a hobby or a habit that he's calling you to get rid of or to start. It could be working on a relationship. It could be your relationship with God. We've seen such a spectrum of different things that God's working on. I don't want to put my finger on any of it. But I want to reinforce it this morning because I truly believe that he is doing something. And from the things that we've seen, he's doing something miraculous in situations that seemed impossible. And, and I just want to encourage you to press into those things and to be praying for those things because it really feels like there's a move happening with that. The second thing is uh, we're set up this way uh, this morning out of an intention to worship. Um, and so I wanted to share this because one of the things that blocks us in worship um, is holding on to things that God's trying to work on. And, and we don't want to work on it. And so in that, we're kind of resisting the work of the Holy Spirit with this already. And as we resist that, uh, then what happens is uh, it's harder to enter into worship. Because we're actually kind of holding part of us back. Uh, and so we, we feel like there's a focus on worship here this morning as well. Uh, and so I want to share that for a couple of different things. Um, and then I want to pray before we head into worship as well. Uh, but before we get to that, is there anybody um, over the past couple of weeks that God's been working on something that you feel specifically that you're supposed to share with the church today? Yeah, come on up. Thank you for sharing. Um, I want to head into worship. And, and as we do that, though, what I want to do is... Uh, pray for us. I, again, I feel like this stirring is continuing. I, I feel like um, even if God has worked in an area in your life, it doesn't mean he's done. Like, okay, the one thing's out of the way, and it's all clear now, and I can go forward. But um, I just feel like there's this continued pressing in where, again, things are getting stirred up that haven't been addressed uh, and again, this could be adding something positive or it could be a deep healing in an area in your life. We're seeing it across the board in so many different ways. Um, what I want to do before we get into worship here, and Mackenzie's got some stuff on her heart regarding worship, um, I just want to take an opportunity to, to pray. I, I don't know what God is working on in your life. I, some of you I know because we've talked, but across the whole room, I, I don't know, but, but he does. And he knows what he needs to heal, and, and he knows what he needs to help cut out. And, and what needs to be added. Um, I can't give you right here and right now one step or three steps or ten steps to be able to go through that process. But I do want to say that in community and, and in praying with people, God does help with that. And, and we're able to come alongside people and, and help pray for what God might be wanting you to do and what steps for you to take. So if you're struggling with like, okay, I feel like I'm supposed to work on this, but I don't know how, like we're here to, to pray with you in that. But uh, before we get into worship, what I want to do 
is, is if you're here this morning and, and you know that God has something for you to work on and you want prayer for that, or if there's a situation in your life that feels absolutely impossible and you need him to work in miraculous ways, uh, we've been seeing him do that. And, and I just want you to lift your hand in the air and I want to pray for us as a church. So we'll just take a second for, for people to do that. Okay. Um, do you want to pray, Christian, for this? All right, thank you. Heavenly Father, I know that you are a God who loves us beyond measure. I know, Lord, that you saw the hands that were lifted. And even though hands that weren't, Lord, I know that you saw the hearts that were lifted this morning. Crying out to you, Lord. You are the God of miracles. And there are people here who need a miracle. Yes. Lord, you're stirring things up in people. You are not content to let people just stay where they are. Lord, you who began the work are faithful to complete it. You are the God, Lord, that won't let us stay incomplete. You paid the price for us to be complete. And so, Lord, where every hand was lifted, I pray a miracle. You know what they are. You know what they need to be. I pray healing where there needs to be healing. I pray for joy where there's sorrow. I pray for restoration where there's brokenness. Lord, I pray for life where there's death because that's who you are. I pray these things, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, as we head into this time of worship, uh, just as a matter of, of practical stuff with the kids' ministry, um, I think we'll go... Three songs, and then we'll have our children's workers head back into the children's area. Uh, we're not going to have a, a formal dismissal or a pause in worship for that, um, but I also want the children's workers to have an opportunity to be here, um, but then also to provide a uh, space and time for, for parents to be able to take their kids back and come back and worship if they want to as well. So um, after about the third song, uh, we'll have our workers back there. So. So as we head into worship today, uh, this space was also intentional for this purpose of worship, that we all get to worship together, that it's not just me standing up on the stage, that it's not just Josh's podium being in front of you all, but that we are all here in the congregation together, worshiping our God, lifting his name high. And there's that that tension between what Josh was talking about, about us working through the areas that God is calling us to lay down, to call us to wrestle through. And that's all a part of being worshipful people as well. It's not just the singing, it's not just making sure the environment is perfect for worship, but it's the lyrics that we're singing to the God that who created us. And so I encourage you guys, as you wrestle through these things and as you um, have these, these burdens that are on your heart, that we can come before our God 
whether it's singing, whether it's silence, whether it's standing in the back, sitting here up front, press into God, talk to him. There are times when seeing the people around me as I worship, I want to kind of shrivel back and I want to allow that to dictate how I worship. And I think that that's something along with the joy that we're learning as a church that God wants to kind of fall off and break that stronghold. And so if God is asking you to worship in a certain way, sometimes there is that tension of, nope, I don't want to do that. That would look weird. That would be strange. And I challenge you to, to check your heart as you do that, as you're talking with God, as you're wrestling, as you're telling him no. Because if you see me raising my hand at different times in the congregation, I guarantee that's what's happening in my own heart. I'm like, God, I am not kneeling down on the ground right now. That would look very weird. And I tell him no probably like five times. And he's like, okay, but you, you don't have to, but I'm inviting you to. And that there's freedom in it. And so as we step into this worship, I encourage you to not let the fear of man dictate how you worship your God, how you worship your creator, because there's so much beauty and there's so much freedom in that. And that's my heart for us as a, a worshipful community, that we allow the freedom of Christ and the posture of what worship is, according to the Bible, to dictate how we worship. And that we do that throughout our lives too, because if we have trouble doing that here, in a safe environment with our fellow church members, it's a heck of a lot more difficult in this world. And so with that, we've already made it a, uh, pretty awkward for you, so we're gonna carry that on. <laughs> I'm just gonna sit here for about two minutes. And I'm gonna strum before we get into worship. And I want you to wrestle with God. If there are things holding you back, if there are things that are a struggle for you to press into worship, wrestle. Don't ignore them because that doesn't help anything, but say that God is bigger than that. Our God shines light into the darkness. And so we're going to start our two minutes right now. Thank you, God. I thank you that we can sing that. Help us to have that heart of worship, to be a people who worship you. That you don't call us to fix these things on our own, that you don't call us to strive and, and do better and pull ourselves up by our bootstraps, Lord, but you call us to run to you with all that we have. And sometimes all that we have feels like the woman who could only give a few cents. But Lord, you still honor that. And you still desire that from us. You love us and you care for us, God. And you want us to live a life free in you. And show us what that means. Teach us what that means, Lord. Because sometimes our mind can only see what's going on around us. And it can be difficult. But we trust in you. And we trust in your guidance and in your leading that as we follow you it does get difficult 
but you are there with us. You have led the way, and you have told us that you are already victorious. So as we look at these things, we can already know that you have won. Help that to shift the way we think. Help that to illuminate the darkness around us, Lord. We thank you, and we praise who you are. And as we have Josh come up, I just pray that you would just give him the words to continue your heart for today, to continue what you tell us we need to hear, and that we would have ears to hear, that it doesn't just um, go in one ear and out the other, but that it would be words that sink deep into our heart, into our soul, that lead us to joy, that lead us to freedom and hope in you, even if it isn't outwardly that way yet. Lord, we know the heart of it. So we pray that these seeds that are planted today, that they are um, deep within us and that you continue to water them and that you continue to um, shine your light on them so that they grow. Thank you for who you are and what you're doing and just this church and the faithfulness of the leadership to follow your leading, Lord. It's not an easy thing to step out and do, but you are worth it. You are worthy of it all, God. And we surrender this to you. You guys can have a seat. Or you can stand and make it weird. We don't mind. Um, so the message on unity, we'll see if it happens next week. Uh, um, as we were in worship, uh, I had someone come up to me um, just with a, a sense from the Lord that as we were singing like some of these songs, especially the one that says, you know, it is well with my soul, um, that there may be people here that really struggle with that sense of like, it's well with your soul. And I just want you to take a moment and, and like say that to yourself and, and recognize if you believe it, or if you struggle with it, or if you doubt it. And wherever that's at, it's okay. Right? There's no condemnation for that. We all come from different backgrounds, and we have different things that are happening within our, our life, and there's different things that wrestle with that sense of it is well with my soul. And, and intellectually, we all like to, to have this concept of like, well, because Jesus died for me on the cross, like, yes, it's well with my soul. But at times, there's this feeling of like, I know that's what he says, but it really doesn't feel that way. And, and so just a, a sense that somebody had and, and shared with me that uh, I think really resonates and, and yet um, matches so much of what we've been seeing happen. And so what I want to do, um, I'm not going to be up here for very long. I'd like to get into a little bit more songs. Um, but his sense was that what we need to do is kind of um, declare what is true regardless of how we feel. So Jesus says that we're, if we're saved in him, it is well with our soul because nothing can separate us from, from his love. Romans 8 tells us that over and over again at, at the end of Romans 8. 
that uh, John chapter 17 says that if we're saved and with him, like we're in such unity with him, and that's part of the message that we'll eventually get to at some point, but we're in such unity with him that it's well with our soul. And that's the truth, regardless of, of how we feel uh, struggling with a sense of, of failure or shame or condemnation or um, sin or, or all of these other things. Uh, and so what I want to do um, is I want to read a couple of passages within Ephesians, and they're not going to be up on the screen because I feel like they're coming out now. So again, like last week I said, bring your Bibles because things are changing that we don't have to like time to put it up on the screens at all. You can pull out your phone uh, if you want. One of them is going to be in Ephesians chapter 1. Another one of them is going to be, in, I believe, in Ephesians chapter 3. Um, but I also want to say this out of 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Uh, beginning in verse 3, it says, For although we live in the flesh, we do not wage war according to the flesh, since the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but are powerful through God for the demolition of strongholds. We demolish arguments and every proud thing that is raised up against the knowledge of God, and we take every thought captive to obey Christ. Now, as we bring this up, I, one of the things that God has really been doing and part of this stirring up is this breaking down of, of strongholds. Now, as we look at this particular passage, what this passage is saying is that a stronghold in our life is, is not some little mini fort that demons have built within us in order to like raise their heads and be like, Aah! what this is saying is that strongholds are every proud thing, let me get this right, that is raised up against the knowledge of God. Arguments and every proud thing that's raised up against the knowledge of God. And so those strongholds are, are really thought patterns or beliefs or lies that we've accepted so much that it becomes our reality and then we live out that reality that we feel trapped. That's why it uses that word stronghold. And so really what this is saying is that our weapons are not of the flesh. They're, they're not, we can't do this within our own strength, but it has to be done spiritually in this recalibration, this acknowledgement of what are these lies, what are these thought patterns that we've agreed to that are holding us captive that aren't true. And so that's why it says we destroy arguments and every proud or prideful thing that is raised up against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. Now, I bring this up in connection with what this person shared with me for a specific reason, and that is Jesus has declared that if we are saved, it is well with our soul. It is well with your soul. That is what he has declared. So if you are saved in Christ through his blood, not by anything that you've done, but simply what he did on the cross in your place, and you've come to a point in your life where you've willingly submitted your life to him as Lord and Savior, and you've been adopted into his kingdom, it is well with your soul. And any thought that you have contrary to that is an argument and a prideful thing against the knowledge of God. It may not feel prideful, because in that moment, and this is the twisting aspect of Satan, it doesn't feel prideful because we're like, Jesus says, it's well with my soul, and it's not a prideful, it doesn't feel like a prideful thought to be like, well, but I don't deserve it, or I've done this, or I've done that. And they don't feel prideful, they feel shameful, but the truth is, 
if we accept those, if we allow them to stay there, and I'm not saying that we have to wrestle with them, that we can't just snap our fingers and they're gone, but if we accept it and choose not to wrestle with it and leave it in our lives, essentially what we're saying is we believe that lie more than we believe what Jesus has declared about us. And that is what is prideful. That is what the argument is. And so we need to tear these things down and demolish and take every thought captive. And so if you are an adopted son or daughter of Christ, when you say to yourself, it is well with my soul, anything that rears up against that, you need to tear down. And you need to take captive in Christ. And you need his spirit to help with those things. That's why, uh, as we head to Ephesians now, is why I believe Paul uh, wrote this and prayed this in a very specific way. Uh, and we've touched on this a, a number of times, but he has a prayer uh, in chapter 1 and, and then again uh, in chapter 2, or 3 rather. So he's praying that they understand this supernaturally. Because our typical human understanding, we, we like to allow these lofty thoughts and these prideful things to kind of come in and, and overlay what God actually says is true. And so Paul's praying this, that they would understand this, that the Holy Spirit would give them a supernatural understanding of what the truth is so that they can take every other thought contrary to these things captive. And so he says here uh, in verse 17, I pray, and this is for that church and it's for us today, I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, would give the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. I pray that your eyes of your heart may be enlightened, so again, supernaturally enlightened, so that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what is the wealth of his glorious inheritance in the saints. Uh, this glorious inheritance is not our inheritance in heaven. That, that's talked about in a different part in Ephesians. It's talked about in First Peter. What this is saying is his glorious inheritance. In other words, God's glorious inheritance in the saints. Or in other words, his special possession in the saints, in his holy ones, in his adopted sons or daughters. In other words, what he's, Paul is saying is, I pray the Holy Spirit shows you how true it is that God considers you precious, that he cherishes you, that he considers you so valuable to him. And our minds struggle with that automatically. But that's why he's praying it's a supernatural thing, that we are his glorious inheritance. And then verse 19, what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the mighty working of his strength? He exercised this power in Christ by raising him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavens far above every ruler and authority, power and dominion, and every title given not only in this age but also the age to come. In other words, the power that's at work in our life as we face the things that God is stirring up, as we face difficulties, is the same power that was at work when Jesus was raised from the dead. And yet as Christians, we go through our life and we face difficulties and it feels like it's too much. It feels like it's so hard. How are we going to overcome? How are we going to survive this? How are we ever going to go forward? All of those thoughts are arguments 
and prideful things lifted up against the knowledge of God. Because what the knowledge of God says is the power that's at work when Jesus was raised at dead is at work in you. That's the truth. Now, I'm not saying we walk into every situation and we know, poof, 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 this is how it's going to get fixed. But we walk into every situation saying, I walk into this with Jesus. I go through this difficulty with Jesus. He gives me strength. He gives me wisdom. If I need to be humbled, I'll be humbled. If I need to step forth in boldness, I'll step forth in boldness. But it's with him through this, and this is what I trust. And so Paul is praying that we get that supernaturally. Continues on, and Ephesians is a great book to read. In fact, even as we're going through this series on what it means to be a church and through what the stirring is happening, like I would encourage you to go and read the book of Ephesians nonstop. It's six chapters, doesn't take that long, but it's a beautiful picture of God's work within the church. Uh, so he continues on through chapter two, kind of talking about the unity of Christ, but then he comes into in verse 14 in chapter 3. For this reason, uh, and it's talking about the unity and the work of God, for this reason I kneel before the Father, from every heaven and earth is named, and I pray that he might grant you, so again, supernaturally, not according to our strength or our wisdom, but supernaturally grant you to be strengthened with power in your inner being through the Spirit. That may Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. I pray that you are rooted and firmly established in love so that you may be able to comprehend. Again, praying that supernaturally we're able to understand with all the saints what is the length and width and height and depth of God's love. Anything that comes up against that is a lofty, prideful argument about what God has said is true about you. And what he says is, you are loved, you are precious, you are cherished, you are redeemed, you are holy ones. That's what the word saints means. You are holy ones because he has made you to be holy. These are all the reasons why it is well with your soul. I'm going to go into more worship here. Um, and I just wanted to do that because I want to pray the same thing that Paul did as I read it out. That we may grasp and comprehend who we are in him and what he's done for us. Um, I want to go into the worship. If you're here and you're struggling with the sense of it is well with my soul, uh, is one of two reasons. The first reason is you're not in a saved relationship with Jesus Christ. And if that's your situation, it is not well with your soul because you're in your own kingdom, you're following your own rules, and it's not submitted to the only one who can save you from that. Um, if you're here and I say that out, and, and you recognize within your spirit that that's your position, um, I truly believe that God is calling you to step out of that and to trust him. Uh, we're going to have a prayer team out through these doors and just off to the left. Uh, and if that stirred within you when I said that, I encourage you to go back and, and uh, ask for prayer. Talk to them about those things. The second reason, if you're here and when you sing It Is Well With My Soul and it's not sitting quite right, is because there are arguments and lofty opinions that have been raised up against what God has said is true. 
and, and you need to choose to try and set those aside in worship and sing out and declare what is true. And if you're struggling to do that, there's a prayer team out through the door, off to the left, um, that would love to pray with you because we all get to that point in our life where it's hard sometimes. Where we might feel uh, in the valley, as Ruth shared earlier, and we need God to miraculously bring us out of that. And we would love to pray with you in that as well. So I'd like to invite Mackenzie back up. Uh, we're running a, a little longer here uh, than we typically do, but uh, again, I feel clearly that God's leading us to do these things. Um, encourage you to go back and get prayer if either of those things or anything else is needed. Um, encourage you to sing and declare what is true, uh, tearing down uh, lofty opinions and arguments. Um, and I don't know how long this will take, and so stay as long as you'd like. And if you do need to head out uh, for timing or appointments or whatever else, uh, please do so in, in a way that is respectful for those that want to stay uh, and wrestle through these things. Uh, Lord, we come before you, and we thank you for your guidance here this morning. Um, we thank you for the work that you're doing within the church, uh, the stirring up of things that we've left laid too long. Um, I pray that you continue to do that and reveal to us uh, what you've called us to work on, called us to set aside, or called us to pursue. I pray that we do it in your strength through the Holy Spirit, recognizing that it's the same strength that worked in Jesus when he was risen from the dead. I pray that you would help us to supernaturally recognize how much you love us, how much you cherish us, and how much you desire to do a work in us, to bring us to a greater understanding of that, to healing in areas of our life. And we willingly submit to that. And Lord, I pray that if we don't willingly submit to that, then we're thankful for your pursuit of us, the way that you pursued Jonah to bring us to that point. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.